well, it's going to be a really brief homily this evening. Um, and usually I go from that last reading, that fifth lesson from uh, John's Gospel. But uh, tonight, I'm just going to talk about a few words out of uh, the readings that came before from Luke's Gospel, from uh, chapter 2. But I'm actually going to start off quoting the uh, famous Ricky Bobby from Talladega Nights. Uh, it's Christmas, so maybe you might have some idea where I'm going with that. Uh, where he is sitting at the table. Um, it's a great, it's, it's a funny Will Ferrell movie that I'm not sure I can recommend to all families or anything like that. But uh, <clears throat> he's saying grace at the dinner table, and he's saying grace. He's chosen to speak to Jesus as uh, little baby Jesus. He's uh, saying grace to baby Jesus because he likes Christmas Jesus best. <laughs> and he's having an argument with his wife about that, saying he's grown up now. You don't have to talk to him like a baby, but... But, you know, it's, it's good. Think about it in terms of, uh, he likes Christmas Jesus. We're thinking about Christmas Jesus. This is his prayer in that. Dear Lord baby Jesus, dear tiny infant Jesus, in your golden fleece diapers with your tiny little fat balled up fists, dear eight pound, six ounce newborn infant Jesus, who don't even know a word yet, just a little infant, so cuddly, but still omnipotent, thank you, thank you for all your power and grace, dear baby God. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> It's a, you might think that was sacrilegious. It's a ridiculous prayer. It's a ridiculous prayer. Um, But it it reflects something very true and very important. Because in the incarnation, God has done a ridiculous thing. He's done a ridiculous thing. If you view Christmas only as a magical, mysterious thing, which you, you could certainly view it that way. It's magical. It's mysterious. You could view it as a profound and a solemn thing. But if you only view Christmas that way, If you just have sort of a pious religious vision of Christmas, then uh, you will likely sanitize it of the humor and you'll miss the holy joke. The holy joke that Christmas is, that the incarnation is. God became a human being. And that's ridiculous. God became a floppy baby with useless pudgy hands and zero vocabulary who knows how to fill a diaper He became a little baby who knows how to squeal when he's tickled. He was born in perfect comedic timing, exactly at the wrong time, precisely at the wrong time for his mother. While his mom was traveling, couldn't even find decent accommodations, so these these very important people had to spend their first night together as a family in a stable or a barn or a cave or whatever that place was where the animals lived in Bethlehem. The baby God was swaddled up tight so his exhausted mother could finally get some sleep. And of course, you know, right then all the strangers dropped by for a visit, these shepherds, these crazy people from the fields that nobody wanted to have anything to do with. Here they come right when we thought we were getting some rest. How often do you moms joke about things happening like that? Finally got the baby to sleep and then... The baby God was laid down in the manger. Do you know what a manger is? (laughs) I'm going to tell you anyway. The English word manger comes, it's sort of related to the French word uh, manger, to eat. To eat. Right? It's It's the feeding trough for the animals. That's where he was put. It's the kind of thing you look back on later and laugh about, but not just because it's embarrassing if you're Mary or if you're Joseph, not just because it's embarrassing that you couldn't manage better, right? And here you're humiliated in front of the guests because you've got 
this baby lying in the place where the animals eat. You look back on it and laugh because it's ridiculous, the whole thing. The little Lord Jesus asleep in the hay, as we sing. It's like God was saying to the world, in its state of starvation for God, are you hungry? Here, eat this. It's ridiculous. It's borderline scandalous humor. Some might say it's dark humor. It's pretty dark humor. But that describes the gospel pretty well. Jesus himself said, we must eat his flesh and drink his blood. And that's the picture that you get of him lying in a manger. We must eat his flesh and drink his blood for eternal life. Jesus himself gave us the Lord's table where his broken body and shed blood are set before us every week for our life together with God. It is a holy joke. It's a joke. It's ridiculous. But it's a holy joke that God arrives in the dung and the feed of the stable, that he endures a terrible death on the cross before the comedic gold of the resurrection where the one guy that the world desperately wanted to get rid of is just the guy the world needs most and so happens to be the guy that they're stuck with forever. I asked Jerry this week if we should put a feeding trough on the communion table for tonight, fill it with hay, and then put the elements inside. Sounds sacrilegious, doesn't it? Uh, I thought it would be hilarious. She uh, thought it would be a bit much. It's the kind of stuff, it's the kind of stuff that the world looks at with confusion. What are we talking about here? Or even horror. Horror that we would even talk about eating the flesh and drinking the blood of our Savior Jesus. And those who proclaim this gospel are despised as fools. We're the fools. Who on earth believes that Almighty God became a baby, born in some nowhere place, at just the wrong time, weak, dependent, vulnerable, offering himself up as as supper for the life of the world? Who believes that? Who on earth believes that dear Lord baby Jesus all grown up to be an outcast, to be rejected, to be humiliated, would be the omnipotent God himself in the flesh, come for our salvation. Who would believe that? It's only those fools who get the holy joke, I guess. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we know what it's like to be in the room where a joke was told and we didn't get it. We laugh uncomfortably as if we did hear it and did understand it. We pray that none of us would be in that situation now, but that you, by your Holy Spirit, would help us. Give us ears to hear the joke. Give us eyes to see. Give us hearts to receive and to laugh at the good news, the ridiculous good news of the fact that you came into the world a tiny baby, helpless, before all the powers of the world. And you continued in that state of humiliation throughout all your life, going even to the cross where the powers of the world tried to get rid of you. And the joke is on the powers of the world, I guess, because 
you came back from the grave because the grave could not hold you down because the end of the story is a good laugh that we will all share in because of your grace. We pray that you would teach us this humor. It is holy humor. It's a holy joke. We, we do want to take you seriously and the gospel seriously and our sin seriously and the world seriously. Nevertheless, we also want to see the twinkle in your eye as we come to understand who you really are and what you're really like, what you've really done for people like us when you came into the world. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.